Welcome back to another episode of Small Town Big Takes. It's officially NFL Tuesday. We're back. Back on the Tuesday. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. An exciting week 15 NFL slate this upcoming week. I mean, competitive games all around, playoff teams, maybe some playoff team like playoff contention teams that really shouldn't be, but I mean, the way the NFL has been played this year, quarterbacks going down left and right. I mean, it's almost any team's kind of shot this year to get into the playoffs, you know, especially with the expanded playoff picture uh, last couple of years, the six and seven seed. I mean, teams are going to be fighting for those last two spots. Joe, you want to take us in to episode 40? Absolutely. For the love of the city. For the love of the city. Chase... December football, what's not to love? The schedule makers, boy, do they know what they're doing. We got some games this week. And just to piggyback on what you're saying about how competitive things are right now and with some teams that you know really aren't true playoff contenders still in the hunt, you only have four teams in the whole league, AFC and NFC, with less than five wins right now, which is crazy. I can't remember another season quite like that where in Week 15 – that many teams have five wins and are still competitive because with the way things are shaking out right now, like, for example, take a team like the Giants sitting at five and eight after their win last night, they're officially mathematically in the hunt again. So you take things like that into account. It's going to be a tight battle in both conferences for the one seed, which is so huge now, you know, now that the two seed doesn't get a buy anymore with the new playoff format. So fun times. But Chase, without further ado, let's jump right into the one o'clock window. Yeah, we got the Vikings taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, um, Bengals and Vikings, both in playoff contention, you know, Vikings at seven to six Bengals right with them. Um, Jake Browning, Joe and I will eat our words. We did say, we didn't think he would keep it, you know, the same as he did. Uh, like he played against the Jaguars, but he proved us wrong. He's playing well. He's playing good football. Uh, Jamar looks good, uh, with Browning. That connection looks, you know, looks like they've been, out there for eight, 10 weeks. Um, I like how Browning's playing. Uh, the Cincinnati's Bengals defense is playing well too. You know, we both talked about how they go four turnovers. They're almost like a full Trevon Diggs um, type of defense where they just look for those turnovers. It's not really a um, lockdown of a defense, but they've been locking things down. And with this Vikings team with Nick Mullins now in, with Josh Dobbs getting benched, I mean, I don't see a chance where the Vikings win this game in Cincy. Yeah, Chase, I got to agree with you. The six-year vet Nick Mullins taking over for Dobbs late in the fourth in what was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Vikings went on to beat Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders three to nothing. But that doesn't mean Nick Mullins is the guy. And from what I've seen in his six years versus from what I've seen in Jake Browning in these last two games, Jake Browning in two games has put together a more impressive uh, pedigree than I've seen out of Nick Mullins in his whole career. Now, the catch is Minnesota. This, I think, would affect the line. They're expecting Justin Jefferson to play. Hasn't been confirmed yet. I think he shouldn't. I think you should shut him down for the whole season. You can't win the bowl. Don't mess with an, a two-time All-Pro talent like Jefferson. You know he unfortunately had to be hospitalized last week with just for it was a precaution, but um you know pretty brutal chest injury. You know he's been dealing with the lower body injuries. 
But Kevin O'Connell says, and I quote, there's a good chance that he plays. So I think that might swing the line a little bit. You know, anytime you got an inexperienced quarterback, not to say an experienced six-year vet, but still hasn't started a ton of games, getting a stud receiver goes a long way. But I'm going to take Cincinnati big here. I like them to win and cover. Joe Mixon, I was, you know, kind of calling, writing him off a little bit, talking about how his yards per carry were down, but he's been doing nothing but fine in the end zone these last two weeks. Joe Burrow went down, Mixon stepping up. Jamar Chase is playing. T. Higgins, two weeks now. You know, it seems like he finally has his injury woes behind him. But, you know, I, I probably lean towards Minnesota's defense. Brian Flores, Daniil Hunter doing their things. But I just think Zach Taylor's got Cincinnati fired on all cylinders right now. And the team seems like they're really stepping up. You know, I don't know how long it's going to last, but... You lose Burrow, everyone else is playing a little extra hard right now. Maybe this is the week to cool off. I'm not going to tell you to bet it. It's by no means my lock of the week, but I do like Cincinnati and the points. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I personally, I'd rather see Cincinnati than Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I just think it will be a better matchup for any other team. I don't think, you know, the way Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh's been playing, it would be um, an exciting playoff game to watch. I would rather see Jake Browning and the Bengals go into a Playoff game, maybe make some noise. Now, heading in to the Steelers, uh, they're playing at Indianapolis. Kenny Pickett is still out. You're going to be rolling with Trubisky or I don't even know who their third quarterback is anymore. Probably Rudolph still. Is it Rudolph still? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know if they got rid of him or not. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I just don't see them coming out of this game with the win in Indianapolis. Indy's coming off a bad loss um, against Cincinnati. Yeah, against Cincinnati. And I just, I think they bounce back. They're at home. They're in their dome. The Steelers offense without Kenny Pickett is even worse. So I don't even know how they're going to put up any points in this matchup. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I'm Initially, my gut was leaning towards Indy, but I feel like this might be a classic Mike Tomlin game. Now, speaking of Mike Tomlin, I do think it's time, if you're the Steelers, to move off him simply because the league is changing. You know, we see offensive coaches just simply succeeding more right now. 11 out of the 14 playoff teams have an offensive coach currently. And it just seems like the game changed and Tomlin didn't. That doesn't, I'm not taking anything away from him. Never had a losing season, first ballot Hall of Fame coach. But I think Shane Steichen, you know, battle the backups here. I think he's going to be able to get more out of Gardner Minshew than, I mean, Mitch Trubisky right now. You look at him back in Chicago, Matt Nagy. Granted, he had great defense. He had some weapons, but uh, we remember those teams, the double doink days. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky made the playoffs twice, and that was in a division with Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins healthy, Stafford still hanging on a little bit in Detroit. And, you know, he, he, he can't even get a first down now on Pittsburgh with their offense. Um, I think they got guys. You know, I'm a Deontay Johnson, Pickens, Fryermuth, Warren, and Najee. I think those are that's enough. You know, there's no excuse. O-line's not great, but I just think Trubisky's going to go out there, lay an egg. It wouldn't – again, I'm not – I would stay away from this game. These backup quarterbacks, it's tough to bet. And these teams, they're playing for a lot right now. In my eyes, I don't look at any of them as any team that could win a playoff game, but there is a chance for all these teams that, you know, the past two, we just were talking about these two to make the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Colts here. I think Steichen bounces back. Unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor's still out um, with a thumb injury, but I think I got to go with the Colts. And Chase, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't 
even think about watching either of these games if it weren't for their record of seven and six. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both in playoff contention. Steelers are currently the sixth seed. Colts are the seventh seed. Um, so they are playing for something. They're still playing for, you know, maybe even the division, depending on how Jacksonville ends up with the season. The way you know they've been trending down past couple weeks, and it's just not looking good for Jacksonville, especially Christian Kirk out. Um, the defense has been playing terrible. So Indy still has a legitimate shot at winning the AFC South because CJ Stroud just got um, ruled out with a concussion uh, in the Jets game and this week upcoming. So it's still a shot and they're going to be playing for something. And without Kenny Pickett, without a legitimate offense, I just can't see uh, Indy losing this game especially with the offense they can put up with Shane Steichen 100% agree now shifting over to a bit of a better game here we got the Broncos as a five-point underdog going into the Motor City taking on the Lions Lions are off back-to-back pretty bad losses actually they're on a three-game losing streak they got thumped on Thanksgiving by the Packers went into Saints roughed them up and then on the road again the Bears beat them 28 to 13 so Chase what side of this one are you on now, I'm going with the upset. Denver Broncos. You know why? Because this defense is allowing 16 points per game in the last six weeks of football. I mean, people were questioning whether Sean Payton had a legitimate effect on this team. And I think it's finally showing. First first couple weeks, maybe you know, you have players who aren't bought in, players who don't respect him for coming in and doing it his way and all that. But it's showing now. This is a playoff contention team. They've been playing tremendous. In the last five weeks of football, they were on a four-game winning streak. And Russ looks like a little bit of the old Russ that we saw in Seattle. He's not fully back yet, but he's starting to look like what Denver paid for what this long-term contract is worth is, you know, is all the questions were last year is, is he worth it? Is he going to, you know, fulfill the contract? Cause clearly he wasn't in his first year with Denver. And now it's kind of looking like he's trending upwards. He's playing good football. He's throwing the ball when he should, he's taking the check downs and he's making great throws and he's making Cortland Sutton. That throw to Sutton was sick. Yes, and he's done this almost every week in the end zone with Sutton, and it's becoming a regular thing, which is impressive, and it reminds me of the Tyler Lockett days where he just passes it in the little tight window. Lockett makes an outs- Yeah, a little teardrop. Lockett makes an outstanding catch, and you just say, wow, at your TV. Um, I love toe the up- tapper back little the toe end zone. tap. I love the upset here. I just... Detroit's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great story, great for the NFL. They're not a legit powerhouse or power threat in the NFC or in the National Football League. Yes, you go out and beat Kansas City week one. You had a lot of hype coming into the season. Your team was fully healthy. You have you know, substantial amount of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And... Jared Goff has been playing terrible. I mean, his turnovers are terrible. Uh, The run game's not fully there for the Lions, and they're relying on the pass game. When you have to rely more on Jared Goff, I don't think you're as successful as a team. And I just, 
think Denver might squeeze this one out by one or two points. Upset them. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Denver winning six out of their last seven. Detroit, obviously, on a three-game lose streak. But it would be better. I would be happier if the Broncos won. It would be better for the Eagles. It would officially really knock Detroit out of the one seed. I think mathematically it would. That would be their fifth loss. Not quite. But it would be you know less than 2% chance for them to get the one seed if they lose this game. It's already their chances are slim after the big lose streak. But... I think I got to go with the Lions just because I truly believe they're a different team at home. I think Jared Goff in the dome, no wind, nobody breathing on him. You know, Denver, they don't have a household name pass rusher. They're good as a unit, but I think the Detroit O-line is going to be able to hold up. And I think Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery are going to be able to get going. But I really, I just think it's a matter of Jared Goff's a profitable quarterback at home to bet on. And on the road, he's not. I think in the playoffs, we've seen it. You know, he went to the Super Bowl that one year with McVay. The stars aligned. And really, they shouldn't have even gone, if everybody remembers. There was a spearing on the um, the Saints on a seam. Didn't get called. That would have been the game. Saints would have been able to kick a field goal or probably score a touchdown. They were, you know, within the 10. Didn't get called. But anyway, I don't think the Rams should have ever gone to that Super Bowl. Ended up being a horrible Super Bowl. They lose 10-3 to the Pats. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But... Jared Goff folded in the NFC Championship in that game, and also in the Super Bowl, they went to the Super Bowl despite him. Now, I'm going to fade him in the playoffs, but not now. I'm taking Detroit to win. Um, I'm not taking him to cover. The line has moved in their favor, opened up at four. Now it's been bet a whole point. They're now five-point favorites. Denver, great team. You know, love Sean Payton. Love uh, love to see the rebound out of Russ. Javante Williams, one of my favorite players in the league. But I'm going with Detroit here. I just think there's. I'd be I'd be surprised to see them drop four in a row. I think Dan Campbell's. You know, he's he's playing the film of um, these past couple games, getting the getting the team fired up, ready to go. And it's just I'm I'm taking Jared Goff in the dome at home. Yeah, I could see that. I'm also, you know, looking at it from a perspective on the defensive side. I'm on Ross St. Browns going against Pat Sertain, arguably one of the top three corners in the league. St. Brown's also banged up too. Should be noted. And he had had a terrible game last week. Was in and out of the game. And I just, I St. Brown's a good player, but he's not one of the best route runners. He's not, he can do, he's good at yards after the catch, but you put a lockdown corner on him, man to man, in those type of situations, I don't think he could get that separation, and I don't think he can create that separation because it shows when Jair, Alexand- Jair Alexand- Alexander locks him up. Adibu it shows. locked him up in the second yeah. half, too, week before. It shows. It shows. And, it, it you know, he always talks about all these receivers are drafted above me. But you look at those receivers, and it's so yeah, it's so most funny. of them: Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. Yeah, like, and dude. those three guys get separation, get one k yard, one thousand yards, and are prominently known as one of the best route runners in the NFL. St. Brown on the other end. Eh, you, know. you know who he reminds me of? I think his ceiling kind of like a and a great player. You know, may, not quite a Hall of Famer, maybe. Edelman. You know, How'd you know? I was thinking that's some freaky stuff. Yeah, I was was thinking thinking Julian Edelman. Yeah, yeah. It's Edelman had Brady, of course, but I bet like if Edelman was in a situation like St. Brown, where he was always the one, didn't have a Gronk and had a golf, I bet they'd put up similar numbers. Yeah, great player, you know. Like I I got no, yeah, St. Brown's top twenty, but he's not in that top top ten, top eight type. No, not yet, and I I don't think he will be. 
I just think the ankles are going to hold him back. It's like every couple games he gets an ankle mm-hmm. injury. He keeps spraining his ankles, and it's a shame. I mean, you see rare cases, like a Steph Curry started his career out with sp- different sports too, but spraining his ankles all the time, fracturing them. He did weird exercises. I don't know all the ins and outs, the sports science behind it, but he did something where it's not a problem anymore. Maybe St. Brown could do something similar, but for now, these ankle sprains are going to hold him back. If you're not on the field, you can't help your team, simply. Agreed. 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 Now, going over to a divisional also, matchup. Also, one last oh. thing on that, too. Can we talk about Jamison Williams as a bust yet? I think the Lions thought they were getting a bit more. You know, you drop a first-round pick on this guy. He's a stud at Alabama. You, you draft him with the ACL. That's not his fault, you know. Terrible would happen, but... Then he gets suspended for betting. He can't get the separation. He looks slower now. He's not getting open. He's not producing. Mm, he is one of the fastest players in the league. When I hear tracked. you, but do something. I don't think they utilize him well. So you're All blaming they- coaching, not JMO. Yes, in the situation of them not using him well because he's more of a deep shot right? Definitely. And definitely. this is what they do. And if you watch some of the Lions game, they just send him on streaks sometimes and once in a while golf throws. And my thing is... Yes, you have the fast threat, but I want to see the post. I want to see the quick slants. I want to see the yards after catch because of the speed he can create. And I don't think they're creating the offense for him. It's gonna. It's more around Saint Brown, Gibbs, Laporta. That's that's yeah. what it's more around. But I think if you involve Jamison William more, he could be the one there over Saint Brown if they utilize him like they should because of how well he played in college how he dominated in college and just his physical attributes can carry into the nfl he's like a 429 type yeah like all you have to like you just have to scheme more of the offense around him just because you're fast doesn't mean you're like a john ross best 40 time ever total bust yeah but i mean that's i'm talking about a guy alabama that we saw dogging everyone and he got dry yeah first round pick dog kids in practice i think players like certain and um digs i think they were on the team at that time uh when he, he was probably like a freshman i believe um so i just think they need eli to, ricks i mean ricks was good in college i think they just need to schematically involve him a little more yeah i mean it's just josh reynolds gets twice as many targets which it's also on the quarterback too we're talking about Jared Goff. Speaking, Laporta has been his guy. Lately. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, what if Williams was the guy? You know, then you'd be talking about Laporta as a bust. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, the him getting suspended for betting doesn't help his case. That's all on him. No excuse. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. a lot but of guys been getting. Suspended I I for wouldn't betting. be surprised if Jamo Will is out of Detroit come next year. Just give I, him a fresh I would, start. I would love for Howie to just throw like a fourth round, fifth round pick for him. Quez in a fourth. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, heartbeat. I would have to do the same. Him but, and um, Smith, they all have a connection. Hurts, Smith, and Jamo. Yeah, and AJ Brown could get right in on that. He's boys oh, with Hurts. I know you got something to say about him later, but I'll save that. Yeah. But anyway, nonetheless, moving on. Are we? I believe we're still in the uh, one o'clock window here. Jets yeah. at Dolphins. Jets coming off a great win. Dolphins coming off a awful loss. Um, as you all know, I took the Texans big over the Jets. CJ Stroud gets hurt. 
that MetLife turf. He hit his head hard on it. Cement under there. He was not coming back into that game. He is expected to miss this week as well. Zach Wilson back in the fold for the Jets. Great game. Got it done. Was moving the ball. Looked more than competent. Probably one of the best games I've seen out of Zach Wilson. Now that doesn't mean I'm buying in or I'm believing this and that. But on the other hand, Tua Tungavailoa, a terrible game. Two rushes, two fumbles. He has a real problem with turning the ball over. Tyreek Hill left the game, and he looked lost. Tyreek came back in, but it was not enough. The Titans, as a double touchdown underdog, upset outright. The Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Jets going into Miami. Who do you like, Chase? I like Miami in this matchup. I always think it's hard for other teams to go into Miami and beat them just because of the weather difference. Um, and the way the stadium's built. The way the so stadium's built. Miami always plays well at home, too. It's always tough to beat Miami at home. Uh, and it also depend, depends on how Tyreek uh, Hill is going to be ending up. They said, uh, reports came out today, Mike Daniel said that it's too early in the week to tell, but if Tyreek says he's highly doubtful, McDaniel said then he's highly doubtful, but they were like, we don't know anything right now. Tyreek hasn't said anything um, about uh, the game on Sunday. So I think it will come later out this week, probably like Thursday, Friday, um, his official injury report, if he practices or not, which I doubt he practices Wednesday or uh, Thursday, maybe the little Friday um, action. So we will see on that. But other than that, I like Miami to win. I don't think Zach Wilson's little legacy game will continue on. I think that, you know, it's a little, <laughs> a little comical for some. Um, we got guys like Rex Ryan and a couple others saying he's showing his true NFL ass, you know, attributes and kind of showing what he can bring to the table. But why has he done that the past couple of years? Beats me. Um, and I just like Miami to win. I mean, I, I don't have any other argument. I mean, yeah. the Jets' I mean, defense is good, but I just don't think they can. That Miami won 34-13 last time. Miami's still playing for the one seed. The Jets are dead in the water. Rodgers isn't coming back this year. All that goes into it. The only thing throwing me off, Chase, is that Miami opened up as a 12-point favorite. In all re- already, the line's been bet down to nine. So three points that quick makes me feel like they know something I don't. Um, but again, well, they also have people probably on top of the plus 12 and then they're going to lower it so they don't lose money. Yeah, they they know what that's they're what doing. also. Happens um, but the sharps are moving the line down for the Jets. Maybe, you know, 12 points is a lot in, you know, divisional football, especially with Miami already rolling them once this year. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm taking the fins here. I don't know if they cover it. I wouldn't bet it. You're getting terrible value. I think they're minus 470 on the money line right now. So you put a dollar down, you're making 10 cents, basically. I mean, it's a terrible bet. But Miami should win this game. If they lose this game, they got serious problems. And I know Dolphins fans and Dolphins Twitter, not too happy with Vic Fangio right now. They're upset that he doesn't blitz enough. But I kind of think the strength of the team is in the secondary with Ramsey and Howard and those safeties, so I kind of understand where he's coming from, kind of like hanging back a little bit, a lot of nickel. Um, but, you know, Miami fans are upset. They want more pressure, but strength of that team is not on the D-line. So I, I get Vic's perspective. I get the fans want more pressure personally right now on the Eagles. Different story. I They need to blitz more. Strength of the defense is the D-line. It's a deep D-line, deepest in the league, and we're not blitzing enough. So different story, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Chase. I'm going to take the fins. Yeah. And whether Tyreek plays or not, I still think they got enough between Waddle, Cedric Wilson, get yeah. it done with the Agreed. two running backs. 
Agree. And again, McDaniel over Salah. I'm going to take the coaching mismatch there as well. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand why Salah isn't being brought up in a coaching change for any reason. Like, I understand the defense is playing well, but the offense is, has been terrible for years. And nothing's nothing's even being talked about in New York. Everything's about the players. Nothing's talked about the coaching staff when – Sometimes it is the coaching staff, what people don't realize. 100%. And Nat Hackett doesn't help anything, too. No. And that, that, I mean, technically, like, I get it. Rodgers, that's all his influence bringing Hackett in. Same with Cobb and Lazard, who have done nothing this year. But Hackett, I mean, um, Salah's making the final decision there on who his coordinator is going to be. So if he's just deferring to Rodgers, you know, kind of that. You kind of like, see what kind of guy he is. Exactly. Like, the head coach needs to needs to have the power, needs to call the shots. Unless we're talking like a Tom Brady type deal, and even so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so real 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 problem there in the big apple. Now moving into a four o'clock window. Dallas taking on Buffalo in Buffalo. You know, here's the turnaround of the season for Buffalo. I knew it was coming, and I knew it was coming after the Eagles game because of how well Josh Allen played. He played well against the Chiefs. Second half wasn't as good as the first half for him, but he's playing good football the last couple of weeks. He's offensively playing good football, um, decision-making, knowing where to throw the ball, when to throw the ball. Yes, at times I've seen it twice. He tries to extend the play too long, and he gets uncharacteristic and throws an interception. It happened in the Eagles game. happened in the Chiefs game. As long as he keeps – as long as he just tries not to be, like we talk about, Superman on stretching plays out, his turnover differential can go down, and I think that's what needs to happen. Just stop trying to extend plays for long periods of time and then throwing the ball up. But that being said, I love the way – the offense has been moving. They just need to get Diggs more involved. And I think this game is going to get them to get Diggs more involved because of the corners on um, Dallas. Again, you have Jerome Bland, Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore did lock up A.J. Brown, but Brown had a couple drops, fumble. <laughs> and um, I just think the quickness of Diggs and the route running is better than A.J. Brown. So I think he brings more to the table against those corners in Dallas where he can be able to torch them. And I think you have a great deep threat in Gabe Davis uh, on Sunday and you have the run game in James Cook. I truly think this will be a great win for Buffalo. And I think they're going to win. It's going to be cold. Dallas hasn't really played in that type of cold yet. They've been great in their little dome and Jerry world. As soon as they get out, some trouble starts happening. So let's see when that trouble happens up in, you know, cold Buffalo when it's going to be like 30 degrees. Um, and they're going to have to play some hard fought defense and offense because this Buffalo defense is legit too. Uh, they're a good defensive side there. They have good defensive play on the ball as well. I agree. Yeah. I mean, last week they go into Arrowhead and hold the chiefs off a bad loss to 17 points. So that says a lot about their defense. It seems like they finally called up to the Milano and Tredavious White injury. They're not missing them as much now. They've made the adjustments. But if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm sitting the team down, and I'm holding up the Bills' schedule because you got Dallas coming into your house this week. You beat Dallas, 
The next two games, you got the Chargers and the Patriots. Two free wins, and you can walk into Miami in Week 18 and settle it for the division right there. Dallas, on the other hand, coming off a big emotional win. You know, they're the talk of the town. The boys are back. All that. Dak Prescott is the betting favorite for MVP right now, plus 160. And if you've been paying attention to the NFL over the last 25 years, you know the Cowboys fold when it matters the most. Now they got all the hype. Everybody's bought in. And this is when they crumble. They were just at home for the last month. They were playing JV and freshman teams, beating up on people. They got the Eagles after they had 10 days off, and the Eagles just played a physical game with the Niners on Sunday night. Small Town Big Takes called that. That was a down game for the Eagles. But now you're looking at a trap game for the Cowboys because they're looking on to Miami on the road in Miami after this week. Their schedule is finally starting to toughen up. I got the Bills big here. I think that this could be a blowout chase. I think Dallas is going to come in there with their heads high thinking they're this and that, and the Bills are going into this game. They're the favorite, but they're really, you know, do they feel like the favorite with the talk we've been seeing from the media? I mean, no. you would think the Cowboys are just won five straight bowls. I've, I don't know. I can't remember a team getting this much hype. All right, I'm seeing they're the best team of the last decade, this and that, Prescott, MVP, Lockett. Like, Dak's finally here. All of a sudden, everybody was hating on Mike McCarthy. All of a sudden, he's the next Belichick, you know, like, the narrative switches up so quick, and I think Josh Allen, you know, he was strictly busy. He played a good, clean game last week in Kansas City. Yeah, he threw a pick. Ninth consecutive game with a pick. Listen, I think they could win even with him throwing one or two now. And the Bills, it just, it's a classic letdown game for Dallas. And that's why I think, I think the stars align for the Bills in this game. They're coming back home. You know, they have their bye. They get a big emotional win on, at, in Kansas City. But it's I mean, not K- like... Casey's like, that, you know, yeah, like, like, like you saying, like that wins huge because they always lose to Casey in the playoffs. Yeah, like, they always lose. Maybe they and, feel like it's different now. We just beat Mahomes and Arrowhead. Yeah, like I, you know, what you're saying, like they're coming out of that. Like, all right, we're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, everyone doubted us. You know, with the way we started the season, middle through the season, now we're here. And you know what? They are here. They're playing great football. And this is when you don't want to play the Bills. No. And this is when Dallas is going into that trap game, like you said. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I look at the Bills' losses. They don't really have a bad— I mean, they lose the Jets week one. That was a weird game. Week one in MetLife, it was sold out. The Aaron Rodgers hype. Yeah, he goes down. So they win that game. They lose to the Jags by five. You know, they lose to the Bengals by a touchdown when they still have Burrow. They lose to the Eagles in overtime. They lost to Denver by two points because they had 12 men on the field when they go to kick the field goal. Like, yeah, the Bills have six losses, but they're better than what their record shows, and I think it's the opposite case for Dallas. Look at the strength of schedule. The Bills have played a much, much harder schedule than Dallas, and it's going to toughen up for Dallas here at the end. We're going to really see what they're made of because when you go, you know, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Detroit, Commanders on the road, we're going to find out what you're really about. And I just don't think Dak's going to put it together and pull this MVP out. I think he's going to fold. Like, I have no reason to think he won't fold. That's all I've seen out of Prescott. So it looks like, actually, we're having some technical difficulties. It looks like we just lost Chase on the podcast. But I'm going to finish it out real quick. We have one more game to talk about here. And that's Philly at Seattle. 
This is the small town big takes lock of the week. Eagles, you know, they dropped their two games. You're never going to see that from this team and Jalen Hurts again. It's the first time Hurts has lost two games in a row as a starter. They go into Seattle. I don't care if the schedule makers give us a little bit of a break, which they had to. This game gets flexed to a Monday night. Eagles get an extra day now. Seattle, four-game losing streak. I think they're running out of gas. It's over. Geno Smith dealing with injuries now. They don't have it this year. The Eagles are going to win this game by a touchdown. Alternate spread, bet it, minus six and a half, lock of the year. The Eagles are not losing this game. I promise you that. They're coming correct now. They're getting healthy. Dallas Goddard back, and they're making adjustments. Nick Sirianni was accountable. He admitted, you know, the team is not where it needs to be. He said the coaching needs to be better, and it does. Sean Desai, you need to blitz more. Brian Johnson, you need to run the ball more. The strength of this Eagles team is the offensive and defensive line, and we're not using them, you know? And that's the problem here. This team's going to be okay. We're going to get the one seed, and everything's going to be okay. All right? San Francisco, like we said, has to play Baltimore. They have to play the Rams in what will be like a playoff game for the Rams because it's probably going to be a win and you're in game. The Rams just gave... Baltimore, everything they had, lost on an overtime punt return. The Rams are putting up points. Sean McVay's got this team strapped up. They got Kyron Williams back, new team. They could hand San Fran a loss. You know, these teams have gone back and forth since McVay and Shanahan have been there. And uh, it looks like we might have got Chase back. Chase, welcome back. The, we we kept you. it going. I just uh, wrapped you. up talking about, of course, yeah, wrapped up talking about um, Bills, Cowboys, and just got into Seahawks versus Eagles. I pretty much I covered pretty much everything about that game that we had meant to talk about. And um, it's time to get into the locks of the week. All right, let's get into them. Um, I love four small town big takes, and this is a small town big takes lock of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Doubt us, doubt us, doubt us. That's fine. You go into the gauntlet four and two. You know, I had a little overreaction during the game. You know, I'm texting Joe and his father, um, a bunch of stuff that, yeah, during the time I meant it and I still mean it, but you know, I'm looking, you know, from the outside now and I'm kind of realizing what this team's made of. Yes, they've been playing poor the last two weeks, but when you go four and two in a gauntlet that was set up, I'm impressed. You know you're not going to beat Dallas twice in a season. It usually never happens. Um, but give me the Eagles to cover for Small Town Big Takes Lock of the Week. The Eagles are coming back. They are going to dominate in a great fashion. And I think this is going to be a Jalen Hurts masterclass. I truly think so. Because he's coming off two bad losses where he looked pathetic. Um, I don't think he's looked like the MVP-type quarterback we've been seeing throughout the season. And I think he's going to have a bounce back game. And this is going to be the bounce back that all the Eagles players need. Cause then you're going to be rolling through the giants, rolling through Arizona and then rolling back over the giants again. And you're going to be feeling great at 14 and three. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, all right. And chase. It's time. Well, you, I mentioned the, uh, how San Francisco's schedule gets a little tougher with Baltimore and the Rams and the Cowboys. Like we just mentioned at bills, dolphins, Detroit. So the one seed, the hopes are not over. Yeah, for sure. They are not. Um, and then for my lock of the week, I'm going Buffalo stumps Dallas. I I'm going that. for Buffalo to cover, and I think they just stump them out of New York and send them home to Jerry World crying because the hype 
should not be where it is. I think the media just overhypes them every time, no matter what. It's America's team, America that, America team, all that jazz. And it's like, can we calm down? It's the Dallas Cowboys. They beat one good team in the Philadelphia Eagles. Other than that, I can't name you a good team they beat. So I think they just need to let go of this stupid hype around the Cowboys, and it finally shows when Buffalo stumps them. Love the lock. I, I really love that. Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore to win and cover over the Jags just because the Jags are so banged up. Now, ETN unlikely to suit up. Trevor Lawrence fighting through that ankle injury. Tyson Campbell's going to be out in this one. Those are just some of the key ones. And then you're missing, you know, a backup corner in Braswell. You're missing the starting offensive lineman in uh, Will Little. So, I'm going to take Baltimore here. They're really now only missing Mark Andrews, and health has been the key for the Ravens um, You know, these past couple years. It just seems like they're and, – and earlier this season, they were struck by the injury plague when they dropped a couple games there, but they're rolling out Odell Beckham Jr., putting some good games together. Isaiah Likely stepping up as the backup tight end at a big touchdown last week. And, you know, with Gus the Bus and the emergence of Keaton Mitchell, you really got a two-headed monster there in the backfield. And this defense, Chase, we, we've gone over it many times. Playmakers all over the field. And John Harbaugh, you know, he's just one of those coaches you bet on. It's it's Sean Payton. It's Harbaugh. It used to be Tomlin and Belichick. These guys, they win and cover football games. Good teams cover, or good teams win, great teams cover. I think Baltimore's a great team. I think they're going to get the one seed. And with a win this week, they would put themselves mathematically with better than 50% chance to lock that up. So huge win. And I also think... The Jags might take their foot off the gas a little bit after seeing that um, C.J. Stroud injury. So they might be thinking, you know, Texans are off for back a little bit here. We're doing all right. And, you know, after dropping that game last week, they had no business losing that game to Cleveland. You know, yeah. Joe Flacco doing his thing in uh, Brown Stadium. It was crazy. You know, I mean, what, what quarterback is that now for the Browns? Watson, DTR, P.J. Walker. I think it's the fourth starter they've rolled out yeah. this year. It's actually ridiculous. Yeah, so this Jags defense has holes in it all around, and I just think Lamar Jackson's going to be able to light him up like Swiss cheese. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that concludes episode 40 on an NFL Tuesday. For the love of the city, we'll catch you next time on Small Town Big Takes. <laughs>